We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Seahawks Man to Man is presented by OfficialK9.com, the official store of Kenneth Walker III. His store combines the power of Web 2 and Web 3 to allow for fans to purchase new merch drops, digital collectibles, and enter exclusive giveaways. Make sure and peep OfficialK9.com to see all the newest merchandise from Kenneth Walker III and use code Seahawks for 10% off at checkout. Again, use code Seahawks on OfficialK9.com for 10% off Kenneth Walker III's official gear at checkout. Check out the podcast description for more details. Welcome to the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. You guys know where to follow me on the tweet machine, at Mike Dugar, M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. I am verified on there still, and I didn't have to pay. Shout out Elon Musk. Uh, also, shout out to all our YouTube subscribers, Seahawks Man-to-Man, the number two man uh, on YouTube. That's the channel. Shout out to all the love and support we're getting uh, on there. Chris, talk to him. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's Kid 206 All right, we're down the home stretch here. Week 17, uh, Seahawks-Jets uh, coming up. Um, actually, low-key, been looking forward to this game for quite a bit. Oh, drop my microphone there. Uh, to talk about the Jets, uh, we have first-time guest on the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Jets for The Athletic. Zach, welcome to the pod. How are you doing, sir? Sorry about that. It, I'm having troubles with with the plug and and it unplugged and I forgot that I muted. <laughs> it's all good, sir. Welcome, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm ex- I was saying I'm excited to get to, out of Seattle. It'll be my first time coming out there, so I'm pretty pumped. Oh, nice, nice, man. Yeah, fun city. Chris and I are both from Seattle, so oh, cool. Uh, sure. The weather is. Uh, what's the word for it, Chris? Right now. <laughs> Up and down, everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, that's it's it's a lot going on. We had like an ice storm like last Thursday, and then we had uh and then it snowed. No, it snowed, then an ice storm, oh, and then geez. now it's been dumping rain. Oh, but it's man. warm. That's the good news, it's 50 degrees out. Yeah, it's yeah, cold it's here. It's very hot. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very I don't even know what you pack in that weather, but good God's <laughs> you'll enjoy it though. Um, yeah, let's get into uh it's your first year covering the Jets, right, Zach? Yeah, first year covering the Jets. I was I was covered the Giants for two years before that. At a different oh. company, yeah. 
Oh, all right, cool. You got on the Jets, whatever. Uh, kind of good. Yeah, you know? came out, came in at a good time for sure. Yeah, both teams <laughs> need this for their playoff lives. Both teams at at seven and eight. How, just general, is that how the Jets feeling right now, being seven and eight, considering how they started, you know, the season. You know, I I think after the way they lost to the Jaguars, I think they all kind of just were resigned to their fate that the season was like playoff hopes were over, and then everything they needed to happen over the weekend happened. Uh, the Dolphins lost, and the Patriots lost, and so now it feels like there's like a renewed hope again where they feel like okay we, they have to go two and oh now like that's there, there's no other choice so they feel the pressure of it and there's definitely like a different like like thursday as everybody i'm, I'm sure you watched some of the game at least that was that was as much of a disaster as it could have been uh and I, I think they're they're feeling a lot better than they did you know about a week ago now i'm sure it helps that uh there's been a quarterback change again yes, that um, does help yes which we will talk about uh first let's get into who you got who you think will win this game chris what's the line on this right now the line right now is the jets are favored by two and a half really yeah it swung I'm after mike surprised. white it summed after mike white because the the seahawks were favored by one and a half to start out i think and then mike white came back and they made it jets by whatever it is yeah <laughs> Wow, man! Some Jets fans got large pockets. A three-point swing <laughs> is pretty big for the QB is. change, like a QB change that isn't like you know Patrick Mahomes coming back. Yeah, exactly. Like that, oh, know? it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that that's nuts. All right, Zach. With that in mind, give give us a score, man. What you got on Sunday? Oh, man, I've I've gone back. Mike White coming back does offer a boost. That the the Jets have. We'll get into a lot. Obviously, a lot of the stuff. I'm sure. Um, I do have some concerns about like their offensive line and and some other stuff, but I I think the Jets win this. I'll say Jets. Uh, Say Jets twenty four, Seahawks uh, seventeen. Oh wow, that's a that's a that's scoring a, barrage yeah. for the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess that is for the Seahawks offense lately too. What's the over under on this, Chris? Is Zach taking the over or the under? Probably. Let me over. take. I think it's probably the over, just based on these offenses. But let's take a look. Forty two so, and a half is what I'm seeing. Mm, okay. Yeah, you're right. We don't do math on this show, so I don't know whether to add up <laughs> the Zach's uh, total and see if I think that's the under. Yeah, that's under. That's wow. like right under, too. Zach's a gambler. Right. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Chris, who you got? Well, the line just went down to minus two, so I'm sure it's going <laughs> to bounce talking. around. <laughs> I'm, man, it, this is a tough game because the Jets' defense is pretty good, man, really good, actually. Just looking at their stats, how stingy they are in the red zone, Quentin Williams, they also have Carl Lawson. They got some dogs, man, and the Seahawks have been struggling but I would go down with the ship. I think this is what you would call a game that the Seahawks must win. And offensively for the Jets, I don't know if they will be able to keep up, per se, with what the Seahawks can offer. I don't know if Ty Lock is going to play. So that's gonna, Do you know if Ty's playing, Mike? What's the latest uh, on that? I don't, I don't know. It's very weird. I know our fantasy managers all want this update. Uh, I will say it's, it's strange because Tyler can do everything – but, but catch the football, <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, that's kind of important. And <laughs> okay. he's not one of those guys who needs to practice all week. So he could be like a DNP Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And if he wakes up Sunday, you know, Gino throws him a pass in the lobby of the hotel. He catches it and like, all right, are you playing? You know, so who knows? I, I would guess he does not. Okay. Uh, so no Ty Lockett. I think it's going to be a, maybe a Gino Smith goes down last two minutes and wins the game. That's where I'm going with it. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks 23-20. All right. We got a close one. I I struggled with this game as well. Uh, although Mike White, man, when watching film on him, like, this dude's a gamer. This guy. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that, that dude's got some heart. He probably doesn't have any rib cartilage left. but He, does have, <laughs> he probably does have some heart. Uh, uh, however, I think I will just watching the offense in general. 
Uh, I probably will. I'll, I'll go Seahawks as well. I low scoring though. I'm thinking like 16, 13. You probably the right. It's probably the right call, honestly. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking turnovers, especially I'm thinking, if it's gonna be rainy too. Yeah, yeah. I just think I, I think both these defenses, when the ball's in the air, are gonna make gonna make plays on it, as we will get into uh, as well. Um, but we'll start. We'll start with the. We'll start with quarterback play. That's kind of what we do here uh, on the show. I have a, a favorite question that I love asking everyone. Uh, about the quarterback they cover. So I'll just give you this four le- this four word question, Zach, and let you roll. Is Mike White good? Man, such a simple question, but feels very hard to answer still for me. <laughs> um, it's it, it, it's like all relative, I guess. I don't know. Cause like Zach Wilson was so bad that I think Mike White has become like this like hero in New York just because he's able to complete passes and he can move the offense and gets rid of the ball fast, which makes the offensive line's job easier. Like, I think he has the ability to be good. I'm not, I'm not ready to like declare him good yet. I need to see more of it. You know, he only, I think he's only started six games in his career or five games in his career, which is really like it. He's viewed as like this veteran journeyman guy, but he's only started like six games in his entire career. So there's still like a a level of, we need to see what he can do kind of thing. I think these next two games are really going to answer that question. And he has a chance to like win the starting job in New York, which uh, is kind of like it, it's crazy to think that the season was supposed to be about evaluating Zach Wilson. It's turned into all right. Well, Zach's not the guy, so now it's about evaluating Mike White. So I, I think he can be good. I think he can be a capable starter. Can he be like a Pro Bowler? Probably not, but he can be a guy that I think can be like a game manager for you. So I don't know if that really answers the question, but <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's I just let you guys go. On. I let all the guests just go on. I'm sure, it's everybody kind of does that too. They're like, oh man, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. For the the most fascinating ones are always um, anyone who covers the Vikings. Uh, um, oh yeah, it's Kirk go. Cousins good. Kirk, it just yeah, blows people's brains. <laughs> to try to answer that one, and it still does actually. Yeah, likes people. Uh, I want to shout out a story you wrote on Mike White, man. The headline: Why everyone loves Mike White, the Jets' quarterback and ultimate family man. And the story about the family side of him is like excellent uh, as well. Thanks. But like the part you really get that people. Like he's like you said, he's got folk hero status. Yeah, already. Like a lot of franchises have that. Seattle's had a couple guys, Luke Wilson, you know, the former tight end, being being one. Their punter, John Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Like it's very rare you get to that status as a quarterback, though. Mm. It's usually like lovable, undersized guy type thing. You know, early Adam Thielen type of vibes. John Coon in like Green Bay. You know, guys like that. Not the freaking quarterback throwing it for three hundred and something yards a game. Uh, but I want to I want to talk to you, Zach, about Mike. And I'll, I want our listeners to hear these some of these splits here. These are courtesy, courtesy of true media. I looked up the numbers when Zach's the quarterback and the numbers for the offense when Mike White is the quarterback. And it's yeah. just it blew my mind because I yeah, knew yeah. the offense was better. It's but when crazy, I yeah. when I wrote it down, I was like, oh, this is this is freaking nuts. Well, right. I think not, before you even go, I think I, I had something I think in my story today. I think literally like if I forget what the stat was, but I think it was passing yards or it was one of like the main stats. Like literally if, if it's just when Mike White's in there, the jets are first in the league. And when, if, if it's when Zach Wilson's in there, I think they're like 30th. So that just like Ooh. gives you the stark like difference, but yeah, oh, go, that, go ahead. I'm sure you had similar stats like that. Yeah, no, I don't have the ranks. Well, that's very yeah. important. Uh, they're yeah. like, it's with Mike White, it's like 5.9. It's like six yards of play. Yeah. Zach, it's a full yard less, which like, it doesn't seem like much, but in the oh, context, yeah. of, you know, that's of an actual game. That's quite a bit. Like Zach's sack rate is 9.5%. Uh, Mike's is only like 3.8. That's a huge difference. Third down numbers are different. I think it's like 41% with Mike. What do I got here for Zach? 31, you know, with uh, with Zach. That's a huge difference as well. I think getting seven more first downs per game. 
with with uh, Mike under center or, you know, in shotgun, however the hell. Uh, Mike's over 300 passing yards a game when he's in. Zach's at 168. Yeah. That's disgustingly different. It's wild, like, yeah. That is uh, unbelievable. What does Mike do that's so different? I mean, obviously, other than play better. But, like, what, what <laughs> specifically is he doing that's just so different uh, than Zach in the same offense? Well, the thing that he does, and it's an important part of, like, the Kyle Shanahan offense, is he just takes what the defense gives him. Like, he's he's perfectly fine doing checkdowns the entire game if he has to. Uh, he can throw it to the middle of the field. He's good in the intermediate area where Zach really struggles, you know, where a little more traffic, and you have to kind of squeeze it in there a little more. Um, he is willing to take shots down the field, though, maybe not as much uh, as, like, some of the better quarterbacks in the league. But, yeah, he he just he, – he takes what's in front of him. He doesn't try and force things, and, and I think that's that's what – like the, the Jets are talented enough uh, on defense and they have weapons like Garrett Wilson and before Brees Hall got hurt and um, Elijah Moore. Like they have they have these guys on offense around him. And they have a great defense to where they just needed a quarterback who could do that, who could like do the very basics of his job. And Zach Wilson was not doing it. He, he was missing the easy passes. He was making amazing throws, but missing the easy ones. And they were losing some games because of that. I mean, I they would have won the two Patriots games if not for Zach Wilson. That's like a reality. We're, we're having a different conversation right now um in a lot of ways because the patriots would only have like five wins right now uh-huh so they, they've literally just been looking for competence at quarterback and out of all the guys that have played for them they've had four guys play for them at quarterback this year now he's he's the only one that's had like actual competence so it's uh it's a it's a very like simple sounding answer but that's literally all they've needed and they haven't really gotten it from zach in the games he's played the the football junkie in me has become more interested in uh press conferences from head coaches after a bad game from their quarterback it's a very specific thing. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Very entertaining because uh, coaches don't—they haven't seen the film, but they know they're pissed already. Yeah. And Robert Salas have been very entertaining because I feel like—and I'm at this is a toss to you, Zach. I feel like after Zach plays a little bad initially, he's like lukewarm upset with Zach. You know, it's as much as you can be, like right after the game. And then, like, whenever he talks to you guys after he's seen the film, he's just like, "I'm never playing this guy again." Like, <laughs> it gets very extreme here. Like, how has Salah in the 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 Jets like kind of viewed this this terrible season from Zach? Really, you know, I, I think Salah, to his credit, has handled it very well throughout the year. He's like stood behind Zach even when, you know, after the first Patriots game when he threw three interceptions, Salah was like, "He's only getting benched uh, if it's for injury." Like, he's like, we're not be- he's this is our quarterback of the future. Blah blah blah. And then it, then he has the other Patriots game, which is absolute disaster. And he has, you know, his post-game press conference that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and and that kind of blew up. Uh, and so I, the tone is changed. And then when he comes back in after Mike White gets hurt uh, and he has, you know, a, a pretty like below average game against the Lions and then a really, really, really bad game against the Jaguars in front of a national audience. And now the, like the tone has just changed from Salah where he's like, we still believe in this kid. Uh, we still think he can be a part of our future as opposed to saying he is the future. They're saying we think he can be a part of it. So I think it's pretty obvious they've like moved on from the idea of him being like the starting quarterback long term. Um, I don't think they've necessarily given up on him, but I, I think like I, I've said this since he got benched the initial time, he, he wound up being like a victim of their success because he's he's a guy that's like so raw and clearly need to like work through his growing pains and needed to improve on all the things that he's like really like behind on. But they're a team that can't afford to have a quarterback that's working through that these growing pains because they're good enough to make the playoffs. Like they started five and two, and now they're seven and eight, and that that's that's a pretty that's a pretty bad you know. I mean the Seahawks have been dealing with this too, but the, yep. like, and both teams did not have the expectations coming in. It's kind of funny um, because I think both fan bases probably didn't come into the season thinking playoffs, and then when you get like a little taste of a great start, and then now they expected it, and so now when they 
when they're, I don't know how the Seahawks fans are handling like this end of the season swoon, but Jets fans are pretty upset about it. So it's it just funny to me, like the, like if you had said at the end of the season, they would have had eight or nine wins. Jets fans would have taken that. And now it's like, if they're not in the playoffs, they'll be pissed. But yeah. It, it, so they're, the, the sad part is fans are going to probably blame Zach for a lot of that. Um, and I do, he did, he deserves some of the blame for sure. It's not all him, obviously, but um, he's been kind of like the, the common denominator in all their losses, I would say, or most of their losses that he, that he played in. Chris, didn't we just talk about that? How like the season's kind of weird. If you view it, just like, that was our last episode. You, yeah. you literally broke we talk down. About, that. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that, Oh, the Seahawks coming in expectations were this, Oh, you guys are six and three. Okay. And then you've lost the last seven out of six, six out of seven games. That's five, five out of six, five out of six. Okay. Excuse me. That's not good. <laughs> and yeah. regardless, the fans in Seattle are not happy. They are, they want to sit They're saying at this point, Hey, let's just pretty much tank for the best draft choice. They don't even care about the rest of the two games. They're like, at this point, mm. you know, we, we'd rather just drop the quarterback and Mike tries to explain like, Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Cause then that means the season was a failure. <laughs> try to win these last two games but fans I, they're very emotional in that regard mm. our listeners they are they are they're torn some people are saying do this some people are saying do that but as you mentioned the jets fans are not happy seahawks fans are not happy either and i'll stick with the offense and look at Brees hall who went down with a season-ending injury things are looking good for that guy i'm mm. not gonna lie he was on pace to do some pretty incredible stuff but now looking at that running back group have you seen flashes where someone's being consistent? And how do you think that'll fare on Sunday as the Seahawks are trying to rebound defensively and just stop everything, run, passing plays, you name it. So how do you feel that matchup with the, with the running backs, with the Jets there? Yeah, you know, with the, with the Brees thing, that's another factor in all this is that if he doesn't go down, then Zach might not even ever get benched because the, the Jets were just like missing a running game in like those Patriots games and and Brees has he was like as you said he was like on track to be the offensive rookie of the year and probably like break some records as a rookie like that's how explosive and impressive he looked when he went down they they were really missing his explosive they traded for James Robinson that was kind of a bust they don't even play him anymore um and then they they have Bam Knight this undrafted rookie that was on the practice squad to start the year uh and he and he showed some flashes he got some bursts he's kind of like a poor man's uh Brees Hall uh he can he can hit the hall pretty good and he's he's pretty tough to bring down but the run blocking has been very, very poor lately. And when the running game is not going, this offense is just not working because they usually use the running game to feed into the passing game. And so when the running game's not working or, you know, when Zach Wilson's in there, they're not even scared of the pass. So they're loading up the box. And, and so they, they've been in a tough spot. The running game has been really, really poor. I think Michael Carter, he, he's kind of shown that he's not like, he's not going to be like the guy as a running back. He's like a solid, like number two. So they don't really have like the dynamic kind of player they had with Bree. So it comes down to whether those guys are run blocking up front. Well, and they tend to, like, if you look at the numbers, they tend to, the offensive line plays better when it's not Zach Wilson in there. I don't know how much to read into that, but it's just like the stats are like, like even like stats you were saying, like there's a lot of numbers you look at it and it, it's like really stark. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that looks against the Seahawks because if their running game is not going, then it's going to be a problem. That's funny. It literally mirrors what the Seahawks need to do. If they can't establish the run, they're, they're saying, hey, Gino, here's the keys. Can you make something happen? Maybe make the car start. Mm-hmm. We can get rolling, anything possible, and that might really come down to it. Who actually establishes the run first? Will it be the Jets or the Seahawks? Whoever does that consistently walks out of there with a victory. But even though things aren't always good on offense, you guys do have a stud 10th overall pick in Garrett Wilson. Yeah. How would you rate his overall first season and then 
on the tail end of that, what do you what are our expectations for him going up against the Seahawks when they have a stingy secondary with Tariq Woolen? Obviously, we'll get into that. And then Mike Jackson, who's been playing really good football this season, as well as Quandre Diggs in that secondary. Honestly, Garrett Wilson's it. I I you know, he flashed a lot in training camp. He was having some issues with drops, and I think he's he was still like learning a lot of route running and stuff. So in my head, I thought it was going to take him some time to like get used to the NFL. And then you'd see him like coming into his own in the second half of the year. But it was pretty much right away. You saw that he was kind of like a special talent, like week two against the Browns is when he really broke out. Um, he just has like his, he uses athleticism in a way that I haven't really seen very often from receivers where he, even if he's not at refined in his route running, his athleticism is, is so amazing that he just he'll like juke corners out of their sneakers. And then he's open. Um, and so in the games, if you look at his numbers, in the games where he wasn't getting stats, a lot of times it was just because the quarterback was not delivering him the ball, Zach Wilson. And, and he was pretty open about one thing that's been unique about him and Sauce, really. The, these guys are like very vocal. They're willing to talk about when they're frustrated about things. They like call people out. Like it's very, it's been very interesting to see. And, and everybody listens to them. Like they, they're so respected in the locker room that they're able to do that. But um, I haven't really seen a corner that's like shut down Garrett Wilson yet. I, I've seen the quarterback not be able to deliver to him when he's open. But he, he's so good at getting open, number one. And number two, he's very good after the catch because of the way he can move. And he and because of athleticism, he can go up and get pretty much any ball. So he's yeah, he's, he's as advertised. They, they kind of move him around. He'll play in the slot on the outside. Uh, I, I think he's he's a guy that defense has been scheming against, and they haven't really been able to stop him. So I am curious to see how the, how the Seahawks handle it. Because, um, he I mean, he's the, if you stop Garrett Wilson, the, I mean, they have other guys. They have Corey Davis. They have Elijah Moore. They have a couple of tight ends. But. None of them are as dynamic as Garrett Wilson or scare you quite as much. We'll stick with Garrett on our over-under reception yards. 62-and-a-half. Are you going to take the over on that, or are you going to go under? Yeah, I'll take the over on that, especially because he likes playing with Mike White a little bit more than everybody <laughs> else. So I think he's, he's going to get up for this one. <laughs> you know, Mike White's going to have a statue outside of one Jets drive here. Uh, if, <laughs> if he if he gets the Jets to the playoffs, like if they really, yeah. they, Jets fans might make a statue out of whatever the hell you make a statue out of in Jersey or, <laughs> New York or whatever, man. The status I really encourage all you guys when you're done listening to this show, go read go read Zach's piece, man. Just Twitter search Mike White to be yeah. really honest, <laughs> and you're just gonna find just, just positive comments uh, about him from the teammates and everything. It's just really fascinating how you got a guy at quarterback who's as as, as loved. As he is, I will throw this in there, Zach. Before we go um, to the to the defensive side, Seahawks fans are upset about how the season is ending, but having a third the third overall pick potentially from Denver has kind of seen a little bit, which I can disaster over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They can kind of like, well, okay, even if we don't make the playoffs, we get Denver's pick, so we didn't have to yeah, 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 to get a top a top five pick. Like the season was fun, we got a top five pick out of it without being terrible. So yeah, but there are some in the building and it's very similar to the jets. I'm sure like, what the fuck, man, how are we not a 10 win team right now? Going yeah. Into yeah. Team? You know, both, both teams probably figure they should have nine or 10 wins going, going into this game. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, all right. It's time for, it's time for the greatest debate in sports. <laughs> it is time. It is time. It is time. Tariq Woolen versus sauce Gardner. Uh, two favorites for a defensive rookie of the year. The Seahawks have already uh, basically every time they mentioned Tariq in a tweet this week, they have called him potential defensive rookie of the year winner. Like they're feeding <laughs> into it. I loved Sauce's tweet. Uh, oh, that was, that was really week. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Why didn't I save it? Chris, do you have that? Do you have Sauce's tweet? Can you find that for me real quick? It's still yeah. up, I think, because he didn't delete it. So I think it's still up. Oh, I, yeah. I looked it up the other day. 
you can't delete that. That's just an amazing, <laughs> just just so much shade. Uh, you got that, Chris? Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Give me a second. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I would, I would yeah, love I a rookie rivalry here, man. Oh yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that when this week was coming up because it, it's kind of cool to have rookies kind of doing this. I feel like guys don't really do this kind of stuff anymore. Where they kind of talk a little trash. No, nah, they they really don't. And it, it, I think I'm, I'm about to hold on. I'm about to put my <laughs> old head hat on. <laughs> But I feel like it is what we're seeing in basketball and football. It's that that these guys all play on these like seven on seven mm. select, and they, all, and they all know each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they go to these Nike camps and they meet each other when they're fifteen, and they try to recruit each other to these schools, and they're, they're all buddy buddies. So by the time they all get to the league, it's kind of like more more brotherhood, less feud, um, which is which is fine. But yeah, and, and also I feel I feel like when you get to the NFL, a lot of these coaches are trying to tell them like don't make a headline from your comments whereas sauce like can't help himself and i, I don't know what Tariq's like personality wise but sauce like you know you ask him something and sauce like can't help but like say a little something something every now and then yeah Tariq's pretty reserved in that way it doesn't say a lot but if you poke him you yeah. know like he'll he'll you know he might say something you got that tweet chris Man, how far was it? Man, when did he said this I, I found it. I can read it if you want. Oh, here we go. Here go we go. ahead. Here we go. I should have asked the Jets reporter. <laughs> he said, uh, Jets Nation, just want to say that y'all are the reason I passed whoever was leading in Pro Bowl votes at the cornerback position. And then he thanks the fans for supporting him. But the, the main point is that line. So whoever whoever leads. Oh. And, he, and he knew what he was doing when he did that, too. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He 100% knew who leads. The, the, if, if he didn't know just by looking it up, his agent A would tell him or B Jets fans would tweet it directly to him, <laughs> like screen grab. <laughs> oh, and he was track. He was track. I know for a fact he was tracking the votes. I want- there was one day in the locker room when the when the voting was still up. I'm like all the way across the locker room, and he yells across, "Hey, Zach, you vote for me yet?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm not voting, Sauce. Well, you can vote. You're a fan of the game." I was like, "All right." <laughs> All right, so I have uh, – we did an exercise, uh, me, Zach, and um, Colton. Shout out to Colton, who uh, covers the Lions, doing a great job covering them for the for the Athletic. We basically had to, like, make a bid for a def- the defensive rookie of the year, Kenneth, that we covers. Uh, Colton handling uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who's having a great year. Zach handling Sauce and myself handling Tariq, who's playing well. So I already have a bunch of numbers in front of me for this, but – Zach, I want you to go, or I can read some numbers for you, but I want you to make the case for the good old Sauce Gardner as a defensive rookie of the year. What you got? Floor is yours. Yeah, you know, he's he's just like... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know, just in, ter- in ter- terms of the Jets, he, he's changed everything they can do on defense just because he's completely shut down his side of the field. You know, I, these last few weeks, he wasn't targeted against the Lions a single time, uh, which I, I can't I can't think of many times our rookie hasn't been targeted over the course of like four quarters in a long time. Um, like that's like an old school, like on an island thing where they, because of the rules, it's been like harder to have a guy that can do that where he shuts down a whole side of the field. And and so he's allowed Robert Sala to do all the things that they want to do on defense. And, you know, he. He's gone against all the all the star receivers this season, and not a single one of them has really. Stefan Diggs beat him for a long catch uh, when they played the Bills. It was the first catch of the game, and then Diggs did not beat him the rest of the game. Um, he gave up a touchdown against the Browns, but it was a miscommunication with the safety. Like the safety was supposed to come over and help, and he didn't. And so that was the only touchdown he's given up all year. And so you look at. I know he doesn't have the interceptions. I think he has two. He had, I think he's among the league leaders in in uh, pass deflections. Um, he is forced- the league leader. Forced mm-hmm. incompletions, I believe, on PFF. He's like he's up there, if not the league leader. He's one of the top couple. Um, and yeah, he just he just doesn't get beat. And then if if he does, it's like one time in a game. And you know they they don't really move him to like follow guys, which I know some have taken that as like a negative, I guess. But he he is capable of do, like in in week one against the Ravens, he followed Mark Andrews. Like he's this is his first game of his career, and he's shutting down Mark Andrews, who's like one of the five best tight ends in the league. Um, and so he, he's just been able to do some really amazing things. He's a pretty solid tackler. Uh, he, he had a blitz against the Dolphins that injured Teddy Bridgewater and got a safety and kind of set that game off where they killed them. And he just, he just made such an impact on this defense where both him and DJ Reed together, but especially him, they shut things down on the back end that allows Quinn and Williams to dominate up front. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched, I honestly haven't watched enough Seahawks to like completely judge how they used Tariq Woolen or anything like that. I can only base it on what I see and, I have a hard time believing there's even been very many better corners in the NFL this year than Sauce. So that's kind of where I'm at. No, that's a good pitch. Oh, thank that's you. <laughs> also, the I will say this: I watch a. For, there's like three teams that I'm just oddly tuned into. <laughs> it's four. It's the Chargers, the Lions, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Wow, those, have, those are four teams that are just messes too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Wow. I did yeah. not put that connection together. <laughs> I, I guess I would just need like the Commanders or something to really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This dysfunction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those those four teams I'm just following closely for just strange. I don't know. I just don't like. I follow you. I follow Will. I follow Connor. Like I follow a bunch of people who cover the Jets. <laughs> that I would not follow otherwise. But I would to add to that. When you watch some film of Sauce, like that dude looks like he'll be good forever. Like yeah. he'll be the dude who, if he's like 46 years old and still wants to play and his son is a rookie, <laughs> like, yeah, put Sauce and Sauce Jr. in the same secondary on some Frank Gore and Frank Gore Jr. shit. And he, uh, he was he was given, he was blessed with some God-given like size and athleticism too. Like you can't like recreate Sauce. Like I've never seen a corner that, I mean, Tariq Woolen, honestly, is probably one of the only other ones that kind of looks like him where he's tall and fast and athletic. So like his ability to like if somebody beat gets behind him he's able to, he recovers in in a really amazing way where he still breaks passes up. So he's I don't know he from literally day one in training camp and I, I try not to make too much in training camp but sometimes you can kind of tell if a guy's like the real deal. Like he he was not getting beat by anybody one on one and that includes Garrett Wilson who's a stud now Corey Davis a veteran 
uh, Elijah Moore. Like you, anyone who was lining up against, he was shutting them down in camp. And and you know, when they had joint practices, he picked off Desmond Ritter. Um, I, I mean, he practiced against Ritter a lot, so I'm sure that that wasn't as as hard for him as some other quarterbacks. But yeah, I don't know. I since day one, since I since I got here, which was in training camp, I, I I've never really covered a player that was this good right away before. Uh, yeah, this dude's got some. Stu- the ceiling on this guy is, yeah. is crazy. And the thing, the thing that we have as we get to Tariq here, the thing that we have in Seattle, which is very like good for evaluating corners is DK. Right. So it's like, if you can go one-on-one with that guy, yeah. it's just like, all right, he is the measuring stick. Can, yeah, you, can, yeah. you, can you handle this in practice? Yeah, Cause they don't make many receivers that look like him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you'll be fine. Generally speaking, the, yeah. some of the unicorns out there, it really doesn't help. Like covering DK, I don't think prepares you too much at all for like covering Stefan Diggs. For example, yeah. like that's just totally different. Yeah, different. yeah, yeah. Get get the point. But yeah, that's Tariq that early in camp, very similar to Sauce. It was just like, wow, huh? They sure can't catch a ball on this guy. Well, that's <laughs> weird because he's a rookie. Oh well, no end zone fade to DK. Ah, I can't catch it. Holy <laughs> shit! Wow. And this is when you know, Tariq's like the backup. You know, to think that like three weeks into the training camp or whatever, it was like, huh? There's two other guys better than Tariq. <laughs> Beats me. Uh, <laughs> two guys who don't play. One of them's not even on the team anymore. Uh, and Sidney Jones. I do want to read some stuff on, on Tariq here uh, and Sauce because I do think they are the two best corners in football. Yeah, which uh, is pretty crazy. But, I, yeah, I, I agree, honestly. Honorable mention to James Bradbury of the Eagles, who I don't think made the Pro Bowl, which is weird. Um, but it, probably also one of the best corners in football this year. Crazy. Anyway, uh, read some of these numbers here, which are really great for both guys. Uh, passer rating allowed, um, which is flawed, but I still like using it for corners. Uh, Tariq's at 53, uh, which is second among all corners, uh, minimum 200 snaps. So we weed out some of the guys who play like one snap. Uh, Sauce is at 63.3. That's sixth. This is all according to next gen uh, stats. Shout out to them. Uh, Yards allowed per coverage snap, which is also a good stat for corners, which is not as flawed. Uh, It's actually really good. Sauce and Tariq tied for fourth at 0.8. That's nuts. I'll put that in perspective. That's not even a full fucking yard, man. Like <laughs> these guys aren't giving up anything uh, when when they're out there covering. Pretty ridiculous. And if they do, they're not giving up a lot of yards. Uh, hawk rate, and I love hawk rate. I've mentioned this on the show uh, before. Hawk rate is the rate at which a guy makes a play on the ball when he's targeted. Just a mm. just a great way of uh, gauging corners. Whether you pick it or knock it down, uh, it's just great. Uh, Tariq leads all corners at twenty five point five percent insane when every yeah. four times you throw it at Tariq it, he's it getting his hands it. on it yeah sauce 22.9 is number two just just ridiculous at 23 percent uh so I don't that's not one every four that's like I don't know I'm not good at math but <laughs> either way I know that's a shit ton which is why it's second uh Tariq leads the league in interceptions with six also a pick six sauce has two tied for I think 14th uh there's a shit ton of guys with with two Passes defense, Sauce leads the whole league with 16, which is nuts because I think he's played every game, right? 15? Yep. 15 games. So 16 uh, passes defense in 15 games. Yeah. Bananas. Uh, Tariq has 14 <laughs> in 15 games. He's tied for third. Like these dudes are just right on it uh, with one another. The next gen stat stuff on touchdowns allowed gets a little funky. Like you said, Zach, Sauce is really only giving up one. He's credited with two. Tariq's credited with giving up three. Really only giving up two. Uh, that yeah. I don't really like. And, P- P- and PFF has Tariq with five, which I'm guessing is wrong. Yeah, yeah PFF's numbers is a reason why I like next gen for, yeah. for for DB stuff in general, safeties and corners. Yeah, because uh, PFF does a lot of not guessing. I don't want to say that. That dismisses well, the intelligence of their guys. Yeah, it's just more like, like they're they're evaluating it based on without having all the information or whatever. Yeah, 
Bingo. Yeah, it's yeah. not projecting. That's probably yeah. the better the better word. Like assuming this was the coverage, all that, all that other stuff. Uh, targets as the nearest defender. Sauce has seventies. Tariq at fifty five. Tariq has the third lowest target rate uh, among corners at twelve point four. Sauce at fifteen point two. So you got two, which is uh, tied for 20th. You got dudes, you got two dudes here built like fucking freaks, <laughs> covering the ass off, making plays on the ball when they come. But the reason that, uh, but the reason I think uh, Tariq is the guy for the defensive rookie of the year just far is when the ball does come his way, he is making plays on it at quite literally the highest rate uh, in the league with six interceptions. And I do, here's an interesting thing, Zach, and I'm curious where you stand on this. The not getting thrown at thing, because I had this argument with Jets fans quite a bit uh, recently. Um, getting they, retweeted they, by they, you, they, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm always worried when I retweet people because Jets Twitter can be pretty mean, but you've dealt with them, you said so. Yeah, the Jamal Adams trade has like yeah, yeah. actually prepared Chris and I for dealing with, with Jets fans, they are. <laughs> They're, They're a, a wild bunch. bunch there. Yeah. And they do not like but Jamal. Not, not to, real, real quick. Funny thing about like the PFF stuff. So like sauce is well aware about how crazy Jets fans are. And, and so like there was a time where he got dinged for a, a touchdown that he didn't actually give up and he, he quote tweeted it. And then Jets Twitter just like went at PFF until they changed <laughs> it. And the PFF changed it. So <laughs> that's what I've also learned about PFF. I don't want to just shit on them, but yeah, yeah, they can be like a phone call from a player or a coach can get them to change some shit. <laughs> like, I know a player on the Seahawks a couple years ago was yeah, hit, he hit them up after the season and he got like 200 yards removed. Oh my god, I did not know that. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not name the player, but that's like so you can they can be swayed. And I feel like if you're doing your, your job right with DBs, you should never be that far off, like you yeah, should have hundreds of yards, yeah, yeah, uh, off or a touchdown can be whatever, but like, dude. How how you think I gave up six hundred yards, right? <laughs> and then I could convince you I gave up half of that in a phone call? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, that, that's pretty great. I'll tell you guys when we're done recording, um, <laughs> which player that was. But the the not getting thrown at thing is so interesting because I I was really big on that, particularly when I you know grow, growing up loving Revis and Sherm uh, in particular because uh, they were two guys who were able to shut shit down. And then the more I watch, and I'm curious on how this has worked out for Sauce, like. How that's going when he's at, when when he's not getting targeted? What is happening? You know, because you can see a guy not get targeted. Like the Seahawks have had problems with that. You know, I'll give the most extreme example. One game they had him shadow Antonio Brown. I think it's 2015. Antonio had like 60 yards, but then like Martavius Bryant or something, or Marcus Wheaton had like 200. Mm-hmm. You know, and Big Ben threw for like 400. Um, so the the not being thrown at thing cannot always be inherently good for the defense. Like they could score a touchdown still. Or they could throw a pick six somewhere else. You never really know. But when Sauce isn't getting targeted, Zach, what is happening with the Jets defense? Is it like usually a net positive when quarterbacks are forced to go the other way? Huh, that's an interesting way to phrase the question. Um, I'll say what teams t- tend to do against the Jets, and they've done this even when in weeks when they would target Sauce a little bit more. Um, they try to dink and dunk them to death. It's all in the mm-hmm. middle of the field. It's they're going after Michael Carter the second, who's their nickel corner. He's pretty solid. Um, I think that that's a, one of the, I think it's underrated how hard of a job it is to be a nickel corner, honestly. Um, but so he gets targeted a lot. So he's one, he, a lot of the yards come from the running backs on screens and they come from tight ends getting covered by the linebackers. Like, so like you, you the, the lines like barely even targeted Amon Ross St. Brown. I know he's, he's mainly in the slot, but, um, and like the outside, I don't think DJ Chark really had any targets that game. Uh, so th- they, they, they really change what the teams are playing have to do against them. Uh, I'll say, which I think is is an impactful thing. Like you're not seeing teams really take shots down the field against the Jets as much. Uh, 
And when they do, it's because they did like some sort of trick play and they tricked the linebackers and the tight ends wide open, like against the Lions. So um, I don't know. I, the, the, like we talked about, the defense has been really good this year. So I think it's what they're doing is working. They, they don't give up very many points. They don't give up a lot of rushing yards most weeks. And their problem has mostly been on those the, the short yardage thing. So I, I think what it does is it forces teams to try and beat them slowly. And some teams mm-hmm. are able to do it because the Jets haven't been in scoring on offense. And other teams are not really able to do that. So that, and that's where the Jets have been able to win. So, yeah, you'll need like what, uh, 17 points or something yeah, like that. I, I th- yeah, I think there's something like seven and one when they score more than 18 points. And wow. 18 is not even that much. So that tells you everything. Yeah. That's an amazing stat. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're, you're our judge and jury here. If you had to pick a defensive rookie of the year, uh, based, forget what you've, uh, you've watched on your own, just what you've heard today, what you, which, who you got. I, to be honest, I'm one of those people that's willing to say, "Hey, I'm giving you guys both an award." Can that be done? That's how that's how close it is, and that's how good both of these guys have been. I feel it's a it's almost a disservice to give it to one guy, not the other, because they both have been right there. Like both of you guys' arguments are accurate. I can't take away from that. But to say one guy deserves it and another guy doesn't, that is this might be the only time ever where I say both of them get an award. That's how good they have both been. And watching Sauce a lot this season, man, he really does shut down one side of the field. And to your point, Mike, okay, so what happens when he does shut down that side? Oh, they just dink and dunk. With Tariq, you know, the Seahawks defense is, as a whole, they've done a really good job for the most part, at least passing. Running is a completely different ballgame. So with that scenario, it's it's really close, but – I really would say give it to both of them. I can't just say Tariq deserves it more than Sauce or Sauce deserves it more than Reek. Like, I really – I don't know if the NFL would ever consider this, <laughs> but why not just both you guys deserve it, like, first time ever in history? Because I don't – I mean, sure, there have probably been other times where things have been this close, but I honestly can't remember where I looked at it and said, damn, if you give it to one guy, does that other dude really not deserve it? I, I do I do feel like with these discussions, a lot of times what winds up happening is like one fan base is trying to like take down the other player. But I, I think everybody should just be like, all right, these are two like awesome rookies that are doing things that I haven't really seen rookie corners do. Besides you like Patrick Sertan last year is the, the only other example recently. But um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I that some of these debates sometimes where you're like debating who's the MVP, it's like <laughs> you have to like shit on the other guy in order to say that your guy's good. You could just say, no, my guy's better because he does these things kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because I think. I don't think I think either of them have a near perfect resume for a defensive rookie of the year, but they're is competing against the other one. Yeah, it's that close. So, Mike, I'm sorry, I don't have an answer for you. But <laughs> you're not, you're not them, sorry, or you would have gave me an answer. Don't, don't. You're right. I'm not sorry. That is my answer. <laughs> Both of them get an award, and I am sure Tariq's going to be like, "Hey, I see how you feel about me, bro." And I'm, hey, man, I'm sorry. It is what it is. <laughs> how about this? Win your matchup on Sunday against the Jets. How's that sound? Because there's still two games left, so there's plenty of time for someone to have a bad game. But right now, I think they're neck and neck, and both of you guys get an award. <laughs> oh, man. Chris Chris going to be that guy, that youth football coach, giving everybody in the league participation, participation trophies. Yeah. Come on, man. That's not- there's a difference there. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you see how there's two elite guys, and then there's everyone else? Yeah, we're not doing all that. Sorry. So Loki Aiden Hutchinson is having a very good year, but it's yeah. like this is a year he has like no chance of. Yeah, and, and of, usually, usually corners I feel like wouldn't get the like usually absolutely. the pass rusher is going to get a, a, like a pass rusher or a linebacker with like all the tackles is usually going to be the one to get these awards. I feel like so it's, it's pretty unique. I feel like also shout out to Tariq and Sauce for having very strong jewelry games. Ray Young <laughs> in their career, uh, I, I'm sure everyone has seen like the Sauce chain 
Oh um, yeah, he wears it all the time. Oh, I was they they both they both have they both have like unique names too, which I think helps them a little bit. I I think I think I said this earlier in the season and I predicted correctly. I thought DJ Reed was not gonna wind up making the Pro Bowl because his name, when you put it next to Sauce Gardner, just looks like some boring ass name. And so not everybody's like I don't know, he doesn't like grab as many headlines because he's just he just DJ Reed. Um, yeah, that but does it, sound and he, boring. But he, DJ Reed's been almost as good as Sauce this year, in my opinion, by the way. So yeah, no, like low key, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but whenever yeah. I look up stuff, I've said this on the pod too. Like one good way for me to have been tracking who all the good corners are is whenever I look up something for for Tariq, a sauce is there. B like Jed James Bradbury is right there. Darius Slay is in there. And yeah, it's, all, it's all from like two teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically the Eagles, Jets, and then Tariq. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's wild. <laughs> have, have all the good corners. It's it's pretty, <laughs> it's actually pretty upsetting that the uh, I, I really wish DJ would have been in Pro Bowl and Bradbury should be. Um, yeah, Bradbury's a stud. Yeah, I covered him when he was at the Giants. Yeah, that, that he he had a really good game against DK um, in twenty whatever that was when the Giants came here with Colt McCoy. Right, right, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and, and one and one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Seahawks have lost to the Seahawks. Backups, might be yeah. pretty. They're pretty afraid of not. I want to say afraid, but the fan base might be afraid of like Mike White. Just he, <laughs> he's, he's the, the kind of guy that would beat them in the past. Yeah. yeah. The backup quarterbacks have come in here. Let's see if we can rattle some off here to give us some perspective here for Zach. They watched the Colt McCoy twice. On a bad uh, hammy, too. On two different teams. <laughs> Colt McCoy with the Giants, Colt oh, McCoy yeah. with the Cardinals. Plus, we got Nick Mullins, the Seahawks have lost to uh, at least once. John Wofford, Seahawks. Well, no, nah, he got uh, hurt. Playoffs. He, he got hurt. He got hurt. And he had sent to the hospital, actually, in, like, the third quarter. So, yeah, he doesn't count. There's been there's been some pretty bad ones here. They had like a Matt Schaub throw for like 400 yards or something <laughs> on them. Like in like 2019, they've they've had some pretty like uh, I mean even Sam Darnold just came in here, you know, in in one recently. So it's actually been it's been pretty rough. I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but backup quarterbacks have been uh, a, a quiet kryptonite uh, for for this team here. But yeah, shout shout out DJ Reed, man. Uh, he's he's been balling. Love yeah. DJ Reed. Tariq also has a big ass chain that says Reek. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah, nice. know that. it, that's funny. Yeah, it's. I was when he, he had it like really early too, so you can tell like he used his signing bonus on that pretty quick. Brees uh, Hall, Brees Hall had a really flashy one too that he got er, er, earlier in the season that he was wearing. So I guess that's just a thing the kids do now when they when they get drafted. Yeah, <laughs> if you got a cool name, why not? And you got the money, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to. It's got to be cool though. I don't get no no. Yeah, like Zach. Cool. Zach wouldn't look that good on on a chain. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> Zach need to worry about staying on the team. Uh, right at, at this point, man. Uh, Chris, we staying with the defense. Yeah, I want to stay with the defense because overall, what you know, con- including Sauce Gardner, that defense is pretty scary. They are third in NFL and QB knockdowns per dropback at twelve point seven percent. And the crazy thing is, they don't blitz. <laughs> the Jets blitz thirty first in the NFL at fourteen point seven percent. That tells you everything you need to know about this defensive line. They are going to put pressure on the quarterback. And they also get real stingy in the red zone. The Bills lead the NFL in red zone percentage. This is offenses that reach the red zone and obviously score a touchdown at 44%. The Jets are six at 51%. And then they only give up 18 points per game, 18.8 to be exact, which is fourth in the NFL. The Seahawks have a tall, tall mountain to climb. And it's going to be interesting to see how DK, I know he's going to match up against Sauce a lot, or they're going to move him around. It's going to be, Really interesting to see how Geno Smith attacks them. But my question is, how confident are you in this secondary to slow down this up-and-down Seahawks offense, especially with this D-line that is, man, Quentin Williams, a monster, and then Carl Lawson? I mean, I, I'm pretty they, – they've shut down 
just about every single team they've played. I even just looking now, I think they've only given up more than twenty one points three times, and two of them were in week one and week two. Um, if I'm reading that right. So like, like it's funny, like this last week, they gave up 19 points to the Jaguars. The game was pretty much over as it got to the fourth quarter, but they still only gave up 19 points to the Jaguars. And they're talking like they had this terrible game. And, um, and you know, even like after, um, after the Patriots game that they lost 10 to three, where the offense had two yards of offense in the second half, and they gave up a punt return touchdown to, to end the game. Um, like Carl, I remember vividly Carl Lawson the next day, Somebody asked, like, is it frustrating that the offense isn't going for? He's like, well, we shouldn't have given up three points. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's kind of like the mindset. Like they, like they, they are perfectionists, and they're. De- you mentioned the blitz, the blitz rate. Like they're the, Robert Sala's defense. He got. He's from San Francisco. They do the same thing. It's built on like getting pressure naturally up front uh, and never blitzing really, unless you absolutely <laughs> have to. And, and so it, it it allows you to get if your corners are good, it allows you to like be a little more creative on the back end. If uh, and and that and they have the corners and they have the when Quinn and Williams is in there in particular, uh, they dominate up front. They have very deep defensive line. They rotate those guys in and out. They roll like six, seven, eight deep. Like it's pretty wild. And uh, and so yeah, I they 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 can shut down pretty much any any offense. The one thing that's been holding them back recently is they have not turned the ball over, uh, forced turnovers. They they had one against the Bears, and other than that, they have none in like the last like six games. Uh, and so. I think that that's going to be something they're, they're really like itching to get some turnovers. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I think Gino is probably a good, uh, someone that they can get to force into like an error. I think he's, he's made some bad throws last week. I know he had that one interception. That was pretty bad. Like they're, they're, they're itching to get something like that going and they feel like it's going to open the floodgates once they do. So I think they're going to try and get creative and try and force Gino to make some sort of mistake early in that game. It's fascinating because they went from Chris Jones, who was just an animal against the Seahawks had his, did whatever you want. I'm watching the film now. Like, okay, well, can't block that guy. Cool. So you look at Quinn and Williams coming in, 12 sacks, tied for seventh amongst all pass rushers, but he's tied for first amongst attack against with defensive tackles. And that's what guess who? Chris Jones. And then you also look at the QB hits. He's at 24, seventh amongst all pass rushers. And then he's leading all defensive tackles in that category alone. So I'm a little worried about that scenario up front for the Seahawks because they also have this pair, and that's Carl Lawson, a guy that can get after the quarterback. Yep. He might not have the eye-popping sack stats, but he is consistently getting into the backfield. That is something that worries me. And Kai, you hinted at they've been the Jets have been shutting down offenses all season. So this could be a game where, damn, the Seahawks lose again. This has become a nightmare. Mike, remember we were asked earlier in the season on Twitter questions. Do the Seahawks have a tough schedule? Can they still make the postseason? It's actually looking like a tough schedule for these boys going up against this Jets defense. And then I guess you ended with a pretty good defense in the Los Angeles Rams. But I don't see how the Seahawks – now I'm questioning, should I pick the Jets to win this game, man? You talked yourself out your pick, huh? I love that. That's <laughs> well, why I, I like doing talked- the picks early. I haven't talked myself out of it, but giving the stats that I read, hearing – but Zach is explaining to me about this defense. Am I making the wrong pick here? <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and flip. You got time. You got time. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with it. As I said, I think maybe Gino has that one last hoorah where he he makes it tough and he goes down and maybe gets a field goal, a touchdown. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's maybe I'm putting too much faith in Gino. But that's what I see might happening. But man, looking at this Jets defense, I I just don't know, man. I'm getting, I'm just wow. I'm worried. And they got some crazy linebackers too. C.J. Mosley, 
pro bowler, tackling everyone. <laughs> everyone talks about Jordan Brooks and his tackles. Go look up CJ Mosley and see how he's doing. <laughs> Zach, I have a request for you before we get you get you out of here. Um, I want you to help me um, play up all of the revenge games um, in this because <laughs> there's there's just there's just so many, man. You got DJ yeah. Reed pretty much said the Seahawks lowballed him uh, with a disrespectful offer, and he's going out and showing like, yeah, yeah, that was probably a bad idea. Um, all they did just draft Tariq, so kind of weird. But imagine D. Imagine DJ and Tariq could be like DJ and Sauce. Exactly, uh, yeah. We got the Geno Smith revenge game. There's a there's tons of uh, angles there. Forgot about I, – I had forgotten until Pete Carroll mentioned it that he got fired by the Jets uh, in 94. Yeah, I mean, I did too, honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, I forgot all about that. So we got that. Uh, we got – I love George Fant. I don't know how – how do Jets fans feel about George Fant? Because I love him. Uh, he's had a complicated – year because last year he was very good at left tackle and so he when he came into this this offseason they were going to put Mackay Beckton at right tackle and George at left tackle and he was very excited because this is a contract year um and then Mackay gets hurt they move George back over to right tackle he's not thrilled about that they signed Dwayne Brown then Dwayne Brown gets hurt and they're going to move George back to left tackle and then as Dwayne Brown's out George is playing left tackle and his knees but George's knee has been bothering him all offseason then he goes on IR he's been he was out for a while comes back finally he's at right tackle now i still don't know if he's 100 percent, so i don't think he's played amazing unfortunately but um he, he's good when he's healthy like he's pretty clearly better off at left tackle i would say um but yeah he's at, he's had a rough couple of weeks uh and you hope he just kind of gets a little better down the stretch because he's going to be looking for money this offseason so yeah, I'd be feeling bad for George. So when I see that all the, the the rotating the rotating he's doing yeah i know he, he, left he was like pretty off. he was pretty open about the fact that he that the irony is i so when, when he in you maybe you remember this. I think when he was with the Seahawks, I think he either got hurt or or they traded for Dwayne Brown, and then he he had to move over to right tackle for them or, or something like that. Like that, Dwayne Brown kind of like affected him when he was on the Seahawks too. Yes, um, yes, directly. Yeah. yeah, they 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 had George playing left tackle. He blew his knee out. Uh, right, in that's what it was. Of the 2020, uh, 2017 season, blew his knee out in pre in, in preseason, and then they had to trade for Dwayne. And it was like, well, okay, George is healthy now. Yeah, but we have Dwayne Brown, so we don't really <laughs> it's like need Dwayne to... just following him wherever he goes now to steal his job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same dude stealing your job twice. Kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> like across the country. Like I, I, I would yeah, be yeah, yeah. openly for, I don't care who it is. Like I know he, like he respects. Uh, yeah. I think they're close, but yeah, it's still, I'm sure he's like, come on, man. <laughs> and, and, and as George has mentioned before that the money difference between the left tackles yeah. and the right tackles is not insignificant, man. Totally. Like, is it just a different different bag that comes with playing playing on that left side? So yeah, we gotta play all that up, man. Dwayne Brown, revenge, revenge game. I know none of these guys necessarily hate the other franchise. Although if Geno did hate the Jets, um, and if the Jets hated Geno, like I would understand both sides. Um, <laughs> I guess the thing with Geno is not most of the people that were here when he was aren't even here anymore. Kind right. Of thing. Like everybody was fired or moved on or whatever. I don't even think there's any players left from when he was here. So um, has he? He hasn't talked yet this week. I imagine. I am very curious to see what he says. Yeah, no, I think all of the people I just named, except for Pete, will have will talk after this show is released. So that's why we gotta we gotta hype it up, man. We gotta because uh, this game this game had potential to be one of the ones that was flexed in a Sunday night football, and then both yeah, teams I know. kind of yeah. fumbled the bag there uh, in their week sixteen <laughs> matchups. But this is it's a matchup that's got a lot of intrigue, man. I'm yeah. I'm excited about it. You didn't talk to Chris right out of his pick. Almost, uh, man. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> all my you flopped as soon as you decided. Like, dang. I got to say this out loud that I think the Jets might win. You flopped. It's fine. <laughs> and when the Seahawks are victorious, it's all good. 
Hey, this is what happens when you guys do picks this early in the week. It's gonna, you're gonna like be changing your mind as you hear stuff. <laughs> I like it. I like it because it forces us to to, to reconsider. Oh, the Jets are very good. The the defense is like legitimate. I haven't watched yeah. any defensive tape from whatever the last the Jags game. I haven't watched that yet. I will after we do the wasn't show. as good as the previous weeks. I would say, but yeah, still they still wind up like holding their own. Yeah, yeah. Give it what nineteen points. Yeah, nineteen points. They That's were doing the dink and dunk good. thing, but they were doing it very effectively. Was was the issue? Evan Ingram went off on them. Like you'll see, tight ends can beat them. I don't know what the Seahawks tight end situation is, but it's not bad. Well, they just put Will Disley on IR. Yeah, I morning. saw that. Yeah. yeah, so that's 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 not great. But uh, no, Gino's going to try to get it to DK. Uh, he's going to throw it against Sauce. That's one thing I'm also excited for because Gino's one of them quarterbacks who's not really into avoiding anyone. <laughs> you know, like he he threw it at JC Horn. Uh, he got picked, but the he threw it. At him. Ward. Uh, he, yeah, he yeah he threw it at Javarius Ward. He threw it at. Um, who am I I'm missing a really good corner? Oh, oh Lattimore. No, Patrick Sertan. That's um, who. He threw it at him week one. Like, so Gino's not really worried about throwing at anyone. Who knows how that'll go? Uh, <laughs> but he's not worried about it. So I'm very, very excited. You got Robert Sala facing Pete Carroll. Yeah. You know, like that's a, one it, of his mentors. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot. We got to hype this up, Zach. We got to do it. <laughs> Our job is the evil media. Uh, exactly. To make, yeah. make the game bigger than it is. That is our <laughs> job. So I hope we do that uh this week zach is there anything you want to plug while you got you on here any pods any sto- stories coming up they just want to follow you on yeah, Twitter? I, have a, I have a jets podcast called the can't wait uh named after a bart scott's famous quote um we're doing our next episode i won't think friday we do we record live uh and yeah I'll, i think i'm writing something about sauce this week actually so i think nice. that'll come out later oh, in the week can't can't wait I lo- <laughs> uh, oh no pun in- no pun intended on that i didn't mean to, to hey, say there it. you go yeah that's a great, that's a great name for a podcast. Yeah. Uh, actually, a Jets one. That's a, just a, just an iconic line. I inherited it. To be fair, it was Connor's before me. But oh, Con- did Connor come up with that? Yeah, he, I don't I don't know if he came up with the name, but he he like uh, built up the audience, and I just kind of like jumped in, and now I can claim it as my own. So <laughs> that's how you do it, baby. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Shout out to Connor, man. Does does a uh, does good work. Uh, Connor used to work for the Athletic. Um, now he's doing big things. I see him on TV all the goddamn time. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Doing doing great stuff over there, ladies and gentlemen. That is our that is our guest Zach covers the Jets for the Athletic, um, unofficially represents Sauce Gardner in the Defensive Rookie of the Year <laughs> uh, debate. Uh, I don't know if he gets royalties for that or three percent. He's got to talk to Sauce about that. <laughs> but thank you, sir, for joining us on the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. I'm Mike. That's Chris. Thank you guys all for listening and watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple, uh, the Athletic, everywhere you get your podcasts, man. Uh, Chris, close us out, please. On that note, we thank you guys again for joining us. We will catch you guys after the game against the Jets on Sunday. So that'll be dropping Monday morning. Other than that, have a safe, good holiday. Happy New Year. Until, Well, actually, I can't say that because we're going to drop a show on Friday. I forgot. So we're not done. We'll say Happy New Year on that day. But other than that, man, Zach, is there anything you want to add? No. I, thanks for having me on, guys. This was awesome. Excellent. Well, on that note, we'll catch you guys later. Shows you a couple of things and they finish change. I treated you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your